What's up, everybody? I want to go ahead and jump right into the text. I believe that God has a powerful word for every one of us today. So go ahead and take your writing utensils and something to write on. There is a passage, there is a particular verse that I want to lay at your feet, right? I want us to look at a potentially familiar passage, but in a brand new way. In 1 Samuel chapter 25, verse 42, it says that Abigail arose in haste and she rolled on her donkey and she, she with five maidservants followed the messengers of David. And then that verse concludes, and Abigail got married to David. That's a very powerful passage that I want to be able to share with you. And the most powerful thing in that text is the word in haste, right? So what the Bible teaches us is that Abigail was in a hurry to get married to David the king. But, but slow your roll. I know you've heard this passage before, but just slow, slow down one moment. She's in a hurry to get married to David, but there's some more things that I want to reveal to you. They only had one conversation in 10 days. And in 10 days, David decides, based on that one conversation, that I wanted to get married to, to, to Abigail. And so he proposes to her. And just because he proposes to her doesn't mean that he's prepared for her. But he proposes to her and the Bible teaches us that she said yes and she was in a hurry to get married to David. I want to talk to you today from the subject heartstrings. Why your relationships haven't worked and what you can do about it. Go ahead and write it down. Heartstrings, heartstrings, heartstrings. The Bible teaches us that she got married to David. She was in a hurry to get married to David. But there's some things that I want to teach you about that text that is very important that I believe will be able to help you in your life and in your relationships. Not only was this relationship 10 days old, but she was just coming out of a marriage. 10 days prior, she was married to a man by the name of Nabal. And now 10 days later, she's getting married to David. Just, 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 just follow me. And as if that wasn't sticky enough, what we need to remember is David is estranged from his first wife, Michael. Not only is she just getting out of a marriage and he's estranged from his first wife, what you will discover if you continue to read the text, verse 43, is that he's now in the process of getting married to an additional woman by the name of Ahinoam. Um, this is the Bible. Don't get mad at me. Just follow me. Not only is he about to get married to another woman, not only is he estranged from his first wife, not only is she 10 days removed from her marriage and she's saying yes to another man, heartstrings, heartstrings, just follow me, as if that wasn't sticky enough, when she gets married to David, David in 2 Samuel chapter 3 decides that he wants to go back and rekindle his relationship with his first wife, Michael. Oh, yeah, that, that's that's what the Bible teaches us. And so now Abigail is married to David. Are y'all listening? She's married to David. 
David has a few more wives. David went back to his first wife and they're, they're in this relationship. Oh, it, it, it's, it's something you, you need. Let me give this to you. Five mistakes we often make in our relationships and why our relationships break down. Let me give you one. When we rush, is what she did. This is what, this is what she did. She rushed into the marriage. He rushed into the marriage. And when you rush into the marriage, watch this. Number one, you abort the healing process, right? When you rush, the Bible says she arose in haste, in a hurry, because I want to get married to David. Ten days, David said, I want to get married to her. And so when you rush the relationship, heartstrings, somebody say heartstrings, somebody communicate heartstrings, heartstrings, heartstrings. When you rush the relationship, you abort the healing process. We choose toxic people often. Why? Because when you're hurting, even dysfunctional relationships look look good, look tempting. They feel good, right? Right? But look, look, we abort the healing process. Number two, when you rush the relationship, you end up sharing his or her heart with someone else. Huh? The Bible teaches us that he got married to another woman. He went back to his first wife. When you rush the relationship, it's a high probability you will encounter someone and end up sharing their heart with someone else. I I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help someone today. Now, let me give you another one. When you rush the relationship, looking at this text, right, you often confuse motion for direction. The Bible says in a hurry, in a hurry, she's following. And yeah, yeah, we're moving. But motion is uh, it's an important proponent for direction. But just because you're moving doesn't mean you're moving in the right direction. And oftentimes, if we're moving, we're satisfied as long as we're moving. We don't even care what the direction when you're rushing. When you rush the relationship, you often confuse motion with direction. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to preach the gospel. Let me give you another one. Let me give you another one. When you rush the relationship, Abigail, Abigail, you need to teach us. I know there's a lot that we can pull from this text, but this is what God wants me to give you today about this text. When you rush the relationship, you run a high risk of seeing his or her bed before you discover their heart. Huh? When you rush and you move quickly, you run the risk of seeing his bed before you can ever see his heart. I know I'm getting up in haste because I want to get married to David. And some someone said, this is not an issue. Just follow me. I'm trying to I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to teach you. I'm trying to teach you. The last thing I want to teach you, the dangers of, of rushing, right? The mistakes that we often make when we look at Abigail, the Bible's teaching us that she got up in haste and then she ran and she was in a hurry because I know I only had one conversation with David and that one conversation, we had chemistry, we were compatible, everything was going well. I want to get married to him. When we rush the relationship, this is the last one, we often confuse compatibility for being equally yoked. Come, come, come. That, that's where I want to pitch my tent on today. When we rush, when we move in haste, we often confuse 
being compatible with being equally yoked. I know, I know you said you were, you said you were equally yoked, but perhaps you were just compatible. And I want to, I want to focus on that for just a few moments. Could it be that what we seek after is not someone who is equally yoked to us, but someone who's just compatible with us. Let me try to give you an example of compatibility and equally yoked. Now, let me try to make it a little more plain. When we look at 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, King Saul was no longer the king, right? God said, I'm rejecting him. And he told Samuel, prophet, I need you to go out. I have a man over in the house of Jesse who I'm anointing to be the next king. And get this. The Bible teaches us that Samuel was grieving the loss of the previous king. And so now he's going out to try to find the new king. And he goes to this house and he begins to look at all of the qualified men. And he said, you know what? Surely Eliab, the oldest son, that's the one God is choosing. Let's go ahead. And, and right before he anointed him, God said, hold up, bro. That's not who I'm anointing to be the next king. You're trying to replace uh, Saul by looking for a Saul replacement. No, I need you to look for the person that I said I want to anoint. He said, you often, he said, men and women often look at the outer appearance, but me, God, I look at the heart. I know we choose and we try to seek after people with whom we're compatible. He looked good. He talked good. The resume looks perfect. Oh, when I talk to him, he has a great personality, compatible. But just because you are compatible doesn't mean you're equally yoked. I'll, 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 keep, I'll keep unraveling it. I'll keep unraveling it. Abigail rushed into this relationship, right? She rushed into this marriage because she had one conversation. I know my biological time, it, it, my clock is, is ticking. I, I, I need to go ahead and make this happen because, you know, my, my previous marriage, it wasn't to my satisfaction. I was with a man who was emotionally abusive. I, want, I had a conversation with him and he was nothing like my previous relationship, my previous marriage. You know what? I really like him. I talked to him and it was nothing like when I talked to Nabal, my, my previous husband. It was so fluid. We, we can talk. He laughs at my jokes. I laugh at his jokes. When I talked to David, it was nothing like my past relationship. Let me help you. Just because your current relationship feels better than your previous relationship doesn't mean it's a better relationship. I'm, I'm going to sit there right there. Just because the person you're currently dating or pursuing or entertaining feels better than the previous relationship doesn't mean it's the relationship that God designed for you. I know she talked to David and she saw the anointing on David's life. And then she looked at where she came from and who she was currently with. And she was like, no, nah, I'd much prefer to be with David. Now, nah, mm, mm. she left. Watch this. Watch this. She left one marriage where she was unequally yoked with her husband at the time, Nabal, only to get married to another man who she is unequally yoked with. I know you're upset now because I, I, I'm rocking your world. You saying that she wasn't equally yoked in some way with, with David? Just follow me. She moved from one situation to another situation. It, it, it felt different. It looked different. So it's absolutely different. Oh, okay. 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 I recently polled about a hundred people 
And I told him, tell me what your understanding of equally yoked. What does that mean to you? Hmm. What I discovered is this. We often confuse being compatible, what I've said before, with being equally yoked. Hmm? And although people, although we have a generic idea of what it means to be equally yoked, it still doesn't prevent us from making faulty decisions. If we understand fully what equally yoked means, why is it you continue to, to, to choose the wrong men, the wrong women? If we fully understand the idea and what it means, why is it that you keep entertaining a guy, you keep choosing incorrectly, you keep falling for someone who turns out not to be who they said they were, right? people who are dishonest, people who turn out to not be reliable if we fully comprehend what it means to be equally yoked. I want to I want to I want to help you. I want to run right now. Follow me. I think the issue is this. Although we have an idea of what it means to be unequally yoked, we don't really know how to live it out in our lives practically. So that's why I'm here today, because I want to lay this out for you and maybe this can help you. No, no, it's going to help you in your life. I know when we say equally yoked, oh yeah, no, no, we're, we're not on the same level spiritually and so we're, 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 we're not equally yoked. Okay, I get it. Oh, we're equally yoked because we, we're on the same level spiritually. Okay, I got you, I got you. Let me talk to you for a minute. What if, what if I told you that being unequally yoked is more than being a Christian and a non-Christian. Can, can, I, can I keep talking? What if I told you that being unequally yoked is more than just an unbeliever and a believer? Keep on, keep on, Isaac. They, they're following you. Go ahead and put that, put, put that heart strings, heart strings, heart strings. Let me hear your heart strings. Hmm. What if I told you most of your relationship breakdowns occurred because you were unequally yoked in more than one areas of your life and relationship? I'm going to help you today. But what do you do when you're equally yoked, presumably, presumably in one area, right? But you're not equally yoked in several other areas. Just because you share the same faith doesn't mean you're supposed to share the same future. Follow me, follow me, follow me. If, if equally yoked has, has only to do with your spiritual lives and with your faith, what if I told you, what if I interrupted your life right now and said to you, just because you both can read the Bible, just because you both are Christians, what if, what if I tell you just because you share the same faith does not mean God is ordaining for you to share a future together? Yes, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Just because you're yoked in character doesn't mean you're yoked in calling. Someone, this is what I discovered, someone can love your heart and turn around and hate your calling. You don't just need a partner in marriage. You need a partner in mission. 
I'm, 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 I'm going to bring this all the way back to Abigail. Just follow me. Just give me a brief moment. Hmm? Because when you look at 2 Corinthians, right, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, Paul, the apostle Paul, the, the most, the, one of the most popular passages in the Bible, he simply says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, right? For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? He goes on to say, and what accord has Christ with Belial and what part has a believer with an unbeliever? If you look at the text... He wasn't necessarily talking about relationships, romantic relationships. He was talking about all relationships. But the term yoke is actually an Old Testament concept. And so the belief is when he was talking about being yoked in this text, he was looking at Deuteronomy chapter 22, right? And he was looking at Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 10, when it simply says, you shall not plow with an ox and a donkey. You should not yoke together an ox and a donkey. An ox and a donkey should never be yoked together. Moses was talking to the children of Israel, right? Right? And they had they had no idea how to, to, to plow and to farm the land. And so Moses began to teach them, right? He says, you should never in all of your doing put together an ox and a yoke and, and, and a donkey, you should never yoke them together. This is what Apostle Paul was looking back to and trying to teach us. And let me help you with that. When he talks about the ox and the donkey and this imagery of an ox and a donkey. Mm, if you didn't know, and I'm sharing with you now, an ox and a donkey being together are not equally Yoke. Because if you put an ox and a donkey together, you're not going to get equal plowing, you're not going to get equal production, and you're not going to get equal fruitfulness. If you put an ox and a donkey together, I'm going to make it make sense. Just keep following me. Mm. Why? Because an ox has a different character. An ox has a different capacity a different appetite, a different diet, a different purpose, a different work ethic. An ox is different than a donkey, not just in physiology, but when you look at an ox and you look at a donkey, don't miss this, one pulls a plow and the other carries a burden. And if you're not careful, you will confuse one with the other. One is designed to pull a plow and another is designed to carry a, a, a burden. They are not designed to do the same things. They have different purposes and different roles. And so if you put an ox and a donkey together, you won't get the same productivity. I'm coming back to Abigail. Just follow me. I'm coming back to Abigail. I'm coming back to Abigail, right? One pulls and the other carries a burden. While one is plowing the field, working, the other one, a donkey, is usually just grazing the field, eating. So while one is working hard, somebody's saying, that's just like my last relationship. While one is out there working hard, the other one's just sitting at home doing nothing, just, just eating the grass. And so the, the oxen is out there working. So you're, plow, you're, you're yoking two people, two things together, and one has a different work ethic and the other one does. I'm trying to help you. Paul was talking about this. And even in you, when we look at this text, we're still dealing with being unequally yoked. Oh, 
One more thing when you look at an ox and a donkey. Usually, one works and listens carefully. When you think about an ox, listens carefully to the voice of the master and will not stop working until the master says stop. But when you look at the donkey, the donkey has the tendency to stop working at will. One listens closely to the father. The other one doesn't even know the father's voice. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. So let me let me let me let me let me bring it full circle. Even when you look at Amos chapter three, verse three, it says, can two people be a proper unit if they are not in agreement? Can two people walk together if they don't agree on the direction? You have to not just be in agreement in faith, but there's other areas of your life that you have to be in agreement on. I am sent here to give you some insight so you stop making incorrect decisions. Okay, okay. An equally yoked relationship is when a couple is united, not just in faith, but in character, in mission, in theology, in worldview, or you could say philosophy, and even in emotions. Did you hear what I just said? And equally, I'm giving, I'm giving it to you right now on a platter. An equally yoked relationship is one, is when a couple is united, not just in faith, but in character, in mission, in theology, philosophy, and in emotions. Somebody talk about, somebody type my emotions, my emotions, because that's what you keep overlooking, my emotions, my emotions. Faith, let me give this to you, is your core belief system, your spiritual walk. And some of us have sacrificed that or some of us have hyper-focused on that and stopped looking at other areas. So when you think about your faith and being yoked in this area, this is your core belief system. This is your spiritual walk, but you got to keep on looking. You got to keep on observing. Character is your core value system. It's who you are. You can't sacrifice the character just because you have the faith. And so when you think about the faith, when you think about the character, somebody said theology. What do you mean theology? Just because we believe in the same God doesn't mean that God is chief over my life. Doesn't mean we look at the scriptures the same. I can read the same Bible and come away with something totally different than you. But if you never ask, if you never inquire, if we never read the Bible together, yes, I could be a part of the same faith, but I can have a totally different theological, a, a, a totally different understanding of who God is. And your theology is your core biblical conviction. Who, what do you understand about God? Yeah, you need to be asking the right questions I, and you need to be paying attention. What do you understand about God? How can this come back to Abigail? If you keep on listening, I'm going to bring it full circle. And then, then your mission, the mission. Oh, I, I, I get it. You have the same faith. Oh, it has a decent character. But what about the mission? What about the mission? The mission is your core purpose in life. You cannot overlook the mission just because an ox and just because a donkey both carry loads and they seemingly are going in the same direction doesn't mean they both serve the same purpose. What is the core purpose in your life? 
I'm trying to help you. But then that worldview, the philosophy, I know, I know when was the last time told somebody told you that in church that you need to be cognizant of the worldview or the philosophy of the person you're trying to date and you're trying to yoke yourself with. Because many of us in this past year, or the past four years discovered I have counseled, I have read and researched people who have been married and discovered when politics and immigration and all these other things came into the conversation that the person they were yoked with was somebody that didn't even know. And so what I want, I want you to know is when you think about worldview or philosophy, it's your core concept of people. How you view the world, it is important that you don't get so caught up on the faith and the character and the mission that you don't take the time to understand how do you usually see, how do you see people? Do you see people as inherently evil or good? How, how, how do you treat people Philosophy in the worldview is absolutely critical. All right, all right. I'll, I'll stop with the, with the emotions. The emotions. Emotional intelligence and awareness, maturity. How can I say this? Some of us have been attached to men and women Although they were physically present, they were not emotionally available. Hmm? And they weren't emotionally available when you met them, but you didn't decide, you didn't care to try to discover them. I'm talking about heartstrings. I'm trying to help you to discover why the relationship didn't work. I'm talking about Abigail, and yes, I'm talking about both of her marriages, but I'm not really focusing on David like you think I am. Hmm? Believe it or not, this message has very little to do with David and has everything to do with Abigail and her previous marriage. Huh? She was married to a man by the name of Nabal. His name says worthlessness. His name communicates evil and yet she still chose to marry him. She knew who he was when she met him but she still said and so she's married to a man who is worthless, a man who is no good, but yet she still chose to say, I will spend the rest of my life with him. And when you look at their life and you look at their marriage, they were not equally yoked in any area of, of their lives. Mission. Even when you look at chapter 25. And you look at some of the first verses, even when you look at it, the text will tell you, hey, Nabal's purpose was absolutely different than hers. He was more focused on making money. Even if it was a cruel business, this he wanted money. He wanted land. Their missions were absolutely different. But she knew this. And yet she still chose to. Why would you marry a man if you know you're not equally yoked or if you're not even paying attention to it. Mission. If you look, character, even when you read verse 3 of chapter 25, what the writer does distinctively is let you know that both Nabal and both Abigail are absolutely different. He talks about uh, Abigail, oh, she's beautiful and she's intelligent. And then he says, but old Nabal, he's worthless and he's hard and he's evil as a rock. They did not match, not only in mission, but they did not match. They were not yoked when it comes to character. And yet she still said, I do. How many of us 
have found ourselves in relationships with someone you knew your character were not in alignment with one another. I'm trying to help you. But then if you look at emotions, see the emotions is an unsung hero. This is what I, uh, this is what I, what I discover even in counseling, even in my own life in the past. The emotions is what you think you can control and you think because you're not equally yoked in emotions that you can pull him along and you, you can just wait it out and he'll eventually arrive or she'll eventually arrive. Okay. When you look at verse 17, the Bible says when she's talking to some of her maidservants, they said to her, you know that Nabal is an ill-tempered man and no one can talk to him. They're talking about her husband and how he rejected David and all of the men who came just to ask for a little food, just a little money. Right. And so emotionally, they were not in alignment. And even in worldview, those same men, when they came to Nabal because David needed help and he needed food and he sent some men ahead to say, hey, Nabal, we've been out here watching over your men, watching over your field, keeping everything safe. And David just wants to know, could you please send us some some refreshment, something because we're really hungry. We don't have anything. He says, I don't know who you all are. I don't even know who David is. He said, y'all need to move. Y'all y'all, some criminals. I, 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 I don't, I don't want to do anything with y'all. Y'all, I don't know who you are. Anybody could have sent you. Really? Is that, I mean, they just need a little help. And if you pay close attention right then, you see how he views people, his philosophy, his worldview. You pay attention to the language and the behavior. I know, I know I'm taking up enough time. I need to go ahead and close this thing down. But when I look at the beliefs, even their beliefs were different. How do I know this? Because when the maidservants came to her, Abigail, and said, hey, David came, David, he came and his servants, they, they asked, could we, could we help them? And then Nabal rejected them and sent them away, said, what? He said he didn't know them. He didn't know who they were. She said, hold on, I'll handle it. And she ran out and she engaged David. And then she began to pray and speak life over David in the name of Jesus. The Lord God is going to keep you. The men who are trying to, to tear you apart and trying to hound you, they will not be able to do, they will not be effective. And here she is. She knows who David is, which means that she's up to date in the religious community. She knows that David is being hounded by Saul because what she says when she preaches and speaks over his life. But yet her husband didn't even know who David was, which lets you know that their belief system could very well be far apart from one another. So I, I'll leave this with you. When you think about being equally yoked, because the question is, how could you be attached to someone just because, is he, was it success? Was it the sex? Uh, what is it that drew you in and allowed you to remain attached to this man? The one thing that I could believe is that she was always in a rush. Because when you are in a rush, you will find yourself looking past all of those red flags because you want company. I mean, you want a companion, right? And so here's the deal. How do I know? How do I know she rushed? One, because you see how she said yes so quickly. I know it's a different context, but the Lord wants us to reveal it and he wants to pull up, pull these principles out. She said, she said yes too quickly. <laughs> he, David, was not emotionally yoked. He was not emotionally available. 
Yes, David the king, I'm not dis I'm not casting aspersions upon David. What I'm saying is David had a whole lot going on emotionally to take on a new marriage when in fact he's going to go back and double dip with the previous marriage. He's going to get married to another woman and he's going to have children. He has all these women attention and yet she says yes. No, you know, like she could have slowed down. But when I think about being equally yoked, let me give you this. If you want to know how do I discover if I'm equally yoked, you got to pay attention to three things. Direction, trajectory, and capacity. Just because you're facing in the same direction spiritually has nothing to do with motion, has nothing to do with progress. So, yes, are you facing in the same direction emotionally? Are you facing in the same direction spiritually in character, in mission? But trajectory, trajectory, trajectory is the progression in the right direction. Direction is just facing that way. That has nothing to do with motion. But trajectory is not only facing the right way, but it's progression in the right direction. So are you progressing in the right direction? Is he progressing in the right? I, I need you to listen to me. Is she progressing? It's, it's not enough to just say, or do they have a good character or, or do they have a purpose? What are they doing with the purpose? What are they doing in their spiritual life? How can you see this? It's direction trajectory and its capacity capacity the ability the desire and the willingness to match match you in loyalty in intensity and in practice in any of these specific areas hmm. when you think about compatibility versus equally yoked compatibility often focuses on the physical the mental, maybe the thinking, the social, and even sometimes the missional. But see, the equally yoked, it focuses on the philosophical, the worldview. It, it, it focuses on the spiritual, the things that, that God said to, 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 to Samuel. See, you focus on the outward things. What I need you to do is focus on the heart. See, when you think about being equally yoked with somebody, it's not something you can see and detect immediately. The philosophy, the spiritual the emotional, the missional. So how are you able to detect the yoking versus just being compatible? You got to take your time. The Bible says that she arose in haste and she got married quickly. And she should have asked some questions. If you ask me, she should have asked David some questions. Some questions you should have asked in that last relationship. Are you currently involved with anyone at this time, David? I need to know. You should have asked, are you emotionally connected to anybody in your past, David? I just want to know. I just need to know. You should have asked, do you have any margin in your life to pursue a dating relationship or something more? You should have asked that question. You should have asked, or what she should have asked was, do you currently have someone else's heart inside your hands? Huh? Because Michael, he had her heart. He went in and he went out as he chose. He ghosted her in 1 Samuel chapter 19, didn't come back again to 2 Samuel chapter 3 at his will. You should have asked those questions. So this is what you need to do. Seek God's face before you seek another man or another woman's heart. What you need to do is know who you are. Before you, before you seek to discover who someone else is.
What you need to know is slow down and trust the process. Abigail, she moved in haste too quickly. You need to slow down. You don't need haste associated with your name. Because haste is not just an action, it's a pattern. I got a pattern of moving quickly. I got a pattern of, of controlling the narrative and controlling the relationship and controlling the speed. No, you need to give that to the Lord. Submitting your expectations, your actions, and everything to the heartstrings. One of the reasons that your relationship has not been working is because You've been engaging men and women with whom you're not equally yoked. You've just been compatible with. Let me pray for you. Our God, we thank you. We thank you for this moment, this day, this time. We thank you for this word. This is a word that we need to hear. Whether it feels good or not, God, you know we need this word on today. We need you to help us to make better decisions, not just in relationships, but even in friendships, in all of our associations. God, we give you our heart. We need you to rehab our heart. God, we need you to take over our heart, consume our lives, our thinking and our actions. God, we thank you for Abigail as an example today, for David and Nabal as an example today. So God, we submit our lives unto you. We're careful to give you the praise, glory, and honor, which is due only to you in the name of Jesus. We pray. Amen.